Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. When I was a little Lutheran boy growing up in Omaha, all of us kids went to Lutheran church because mom was Lutheran, dad was Catholic, and he went to church every Sunday too. Now and then, dad would take me to Catholic church. And what I remember back in the 1960s, what the Catholics said at each service was, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And, you know, as an adult, I like that because that's the core of the Christian faith. The th three things we should most be thankful for, the past, Christ has died, the present, Christ is risen, and the future, Christ will come again. What I thought I'd do in this half hour is just examine each of those three things for which we should be the most thankful. So would you take a moment, bow your head, and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we do want to pray if there's anyone watching this program that does not yet grab a hold of Christ's death for their sins, that this would be their hour to come to Christ, thank Him for that. God, speak to us now about the Holy Spirit. Give us thankful hearts for all you've done for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> First, let's thank God for the past. Number one, Christ, past tense, has died. I was at a church last night for a concert, and I looked around the building, the, the sanctuary there. All the, I mean, I couldn't count all the crosses. They were on the end of the pews. There was a cross up front, a cross to the side. You know, then I went to church. Uh, I was at a different church this morning. Crosses on the, all the hymnals. I mean, crosses are everywhere in the Christian church. They're on top of the Christian church. And why is that? Because if you're a Christian, the most important thing that has happened in human history to this point, or ever will, is the cross. Christ has died. Here's a young man that comes into my office. Uh, Pastor Brock, I committed this certain sin, and he told me what it was. And what did I say? Oh, you're lost for sure. You're going to hell now. No, what I said to him was, Christ has died for that sin. And if you're sorry, yes, you do deserve hell, so do I, but if you're sorry for your sin, Christ paid for that sin. Would you like to pray for forgiveness? You know, he started crying, we prayed, and if you're a Christian, the most important thing that happened in the past, for which I hope you thank God for before you go to bed tonight, Christ has died. There was a little girl in India that got bitten by a poisonous snake. Her brother ran over, sucked the blood, out of her leg so she could live, not knowing he had an open sore in his mouth. The, the poison went into the sore, it killed the brother, but the sister was saved. When we say Christ has died, here's what that means. I'm a sinner, I deserve the punishment of God for my sin, but I had an older brother, Jesus Christ, who came and lived a perfect life died on the cross not to pay for his sins but for my sins and your sins and the fact that Christ has died is probably the main reason I'm a Christian. 
Christ has died. Before you go to bed tonight, thank God for that. Let's do the present tense. The thing for which we are most thankful in the present. Christ is risen. You can go to Moscow to Red Square, and they have a building there where the crystal casket is of Lenin. And you can look through the glass and see the embalmed remains of Lenin. And it says on the side of his casket, Lenin was the greatest leader of all peoples, of all countries, of all times. Lenin was the lord of a new humanity. Lenin was the savior of the world. <laughs> Lenin? But notice something there. It's all past tense. Lenin was, was, was. Christ is risen. The thing for which I'm thankful, present tense, is that Jesus is alive to help get me through this life. There was a parade going down the street in India. They had supposedly discovered a bone of the Buddha. And people, as this bone was being paraded down the street, people were, were bowing to it and getting on their knees. And a, a missionary saw this parade and said to his friend, there's the difference between Christianity and Buddhism. If we found a bone of Jesus Christ, our religion would be over. Jesus would be dead. Our joy is Christ is risen. <laughs> Back in World War I in 1916, the Germans bombed a town called Freecourt, France. The, the town cemetery was bombed. Later, after the Germans left, the Catholic priest and the population went to the top of the hill to discover the graveyard was totally obliterated. And the people said, Father, what will become of our dead? And the priest said, Children, they were never here. <laughs> Christ is risen means because he rose from the dead, he promises to raise every believer from the dead. No matter if they blow up your body, he's going to raise you imperishable someday. I want to read you a poem now. Last time, when I, my mom was dying some years ago. I've never cried in public except once, and boy did I blubber, because mom was dying and I, I had to do a funeral for a different lady, and I, I read this poem about heaven, the resurrection. Let me read this to you. Maybe you've lost a loved one recently. It's a poem called, I'm Spending Christmas with Jesus Christ This Year. I see the countless Christmas trees around the world below with tiny lights like heaven's stars reflecting on the snow. The sight is so spectacular. Please wipe away that tear, for I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I hear the many Christmas songs that people hold so dear, but the sounds of music can't compare with the Christmas choir up here. For I have no words to tell you the joy their voices bring. It is beyond description to hear an angel sing. I can't tell you of the splendor or the peace here in this place. Can you just imagine Christmas with Jesus face to face? Please let your hearts be joyful and let your spirits sing for I'm spending Christmas in heaven, and I'm walking with the King. The most important thing going on present tense is that Christ is risen. He's not Lenin. He's not Buddha. He's not dead. He's alive to help you get through 
your next day. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Lastly, let's thank God for the future. Christ will come again. Here's what the Bible teaches. One day, it might be tonight, we'll hear trumpets, we'll look up, and Jesus Christ will come down in the clouds for every eye to see. He will raise the dead. Those that trusted in him will be pulled into heaven. Those who rejected him or ignored him will be pulled into hell. And then it says the earth melts and there's eternity. I, I love to go sightseeing. For me, and I've been a lot of places, for me the best city for sightseeing in the world is Rome. You've got all the Roman ruins, you've got the catacombs, you've got the cathedrals, you've got the Vatican. For, for my money, the most fun sightseeing in the world is Rome. And probably the most fantastic sight in Rome is the Sistine Chapel that Michelangelo painted in the 1500s. The, the, roof, the, the ceiling is very famous, but the thing that is powerful in the Sistine Chapel is the huge front wall where Michelangelo painted the Last Judgment. And you see Jesus coming down in the clouds with Mary and John the Baptist next to him. You see the dead being raised, the saved being pulled into heaven, the damned being pulled into hell. And I remember the first time I saw that was way back in 1975, and my older sister Ruthann was standing next to me, and she would die four years later. And I remember just my jaw dropped, and I said, Ruthann, that's going to happen someday. <laughs> and what I, I, I ask you to do is to ask yourself a question. If that happened tonight, are you ready? Would you be pulled up or down? A, a Scottish preacher by the name of McShane one night asked his friends, do you think Jesus will return tonight? And each of his friends said, I think not, I think not, I think not. And the old preacher looked him in the eye and quoted the verse, the Son of Man is coming at an hour that ye think not. Are you ready for the second coming of Christ? The way to be ready is to turn from sin Put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Trust in him. Follow him. Then you're ready. You'll be pulled up. <laughs> I want to read one more poem about the future. It's called, Twas the Night Before Jesus Came. Twas the night before Jesus came, and all through the house, not a creature was praying, not one in the house. Their Bibles were left on the shelf without care in hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing, crawling into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And Mom in her rocker with baby on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, threw up the slash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this was the day. The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning, just as he had said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him because of myself. In the book of life which he held in his hand was written the name of every saved man. 
He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. When he said, it's not here, my head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life, and when that comes, the last call, will you be ready for Jesus, or will you fall? If you have never said, I'm a sinner, Lord Jesus, I need you, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and from now on, I'm trusting you, you need to do that tonight, because you don't know where you'll be tomorrow. Before you go to bed tonight, I ask you to thank God for three things. Say, God, thank you Christ has died. Thanks that my sins are forgiven. And then say, number two, God, thank you that Christ is risen. I believe you're alive, Lord Jesus, to get me through life. And then number three, God, I thank you Christ will come again at the end of time to take me and all the saints to heaven. And let me just say one more thing about our future hope. Here's what I thought of. I'm real nostalgic, and when I go home to Omaha, I always drive by my old house I was raised in, and there's one house I was raised in till I was age seven, and the little girl across the street, Carol, and I were great friends, and when I had to move at age seven, that hurt both of us. So I'm driving through Omaha past my old house, and there across on the other side is the Lance house where Carol lived, and I'm wondering, I wonder whatever happened to the Lances. So I stopped the car, and here a, a blonde-haired lady is mowing the lawn on the Lances' lawn. And I, I got out of the car, and I said, you know, um, the Lances used to live in this house, and my name's Tom Brock, I used to live across the street. Whatever happened to the, and this lady goes, Tommy! She comes over, gives me a big hug. Well, it was little Carol, all grown up. Her mom still lives in the house. Gladys, in, uh, this is over 50 years, still lives in that house. And, and I went into the house. Carol sat me down at the kitchen table. I'm sitting in this kitchen that I used to sit in a gazillion years ago. And we had the most wonderful talk of what we did when we were seven years old. Well, Gladys, her mom, is coming home from the grocery store, steps into the kitchen holding groceries, and kind of looks at me like, who's this stranger in my kitchen? And Carol says, Mom, Guess who this is? Tommy Brock. <laughs> and I think Gladys almost dropped her groceries, came over. Tommy gave me this big bear hug. We had such a wonderful talk. And I, I drove away from that house feeling so warm. And you know what I thought of? The big reunion coming. When all the, your grandma who believed in Jesus, all the Christians who have ever believed in Christ at the second coming will come with, it says Jesus will come with his saints and there will be a reunion like has never taken place. I want to close this portion before we get to questions and answers. Just singing you a song. This is based on an old folk song about what we've preached on today. So just listen to this old song if you would.
Bright morning stars are rising. Bright morning stars are rising. Bright morning stars are rising. Day is breaking in my soul. Jesus, why are you dying? Jesus, why are you dying? To set your soul a flying child. Day is breaking in my soul. Easter Sunday rising, Easter Sunday rising. Now I believe the sun did rise. Day is breaking in my soul. Oh, where is my dear mother? And where is my dear father? They've gone to heaven shouting, shouting. Day was breaking in their souls. Oh, where is my dear Savior? Oh, where is my dear Savior? He's in my heart forever. Day is breaking in my soul. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have reg regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, we've been talking here about Jesus returning in the end times. I have one question that we haven't talked about, but it kind of popped into my head. You said that when Jesus comes back, you were mentioning Grandma coming back with mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Are we going to recognize people mm -hmm. as people who have gone before? Yeah. Because I've heard two different sides right. to this question yeah. that will see them as believers but yeah. not know them personally. Well, you won't be married. Jesus said there won't be marriage in heaven, so you won't be married to Fred in heaven. Is that a good news or a bad <laughs> <laughs> For eternity? No. Uh, you won't be married to Fred in heaven, but you'll know there's Fred. I, I, this, and the reason I think, there's my grandma. I think you'll know that because Jesus said, you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. 
well, I've never seen Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but somehow I'm going to know there's Abraham. So I think I'll know there's Grandma. Yeah. But if there's no sorrow in heaven, mm -hmm. if you're looking for someone who you believe to be there and they're, and not, they're not there, yeah. how, does, how does that get you, answered? You know, I don't know the answer to that one. Either we will so understand God and know that it's right for so-and-so not to be there, that that won't cause us pain, or maybe we just aren't aware of it because God gives us whole new understandings. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess it just kind of popped mm -hmm. into my head that, you know, is we're not going to know the people yeah. that are... Well, I thought what you were going to ask, because it does talk about Christ returning with his holy ones, which are the angels. I think it's also the saints in heaven are going to return with Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the way I interpret holy ones, the angels, but the saints. When it talks about saints in the Bible, it's talking about the living. When Paul writes to the saints in Ephesus, he's not talking about dead people in heaven. He's talking about mm. the Christians in Ephesus. So Christians are the, are the holy ones too. Okay. You talked about Christ has died. Can you explain what is the atonement? Yeah. The atonement is the teaching at one that God and man are at odds because of our sin. We sin and God is holy, so that puts us at odds. The at-one-ment, the atonement comes when Jesus dies on the cross to pay for our sins. It satisfies God's justice and wrath against our sin, and it also magnifies God's love toward us sinners in that we, a, a debt has to be paid for our sin because of God's justice and holiness, but God himself pays that debt so we could be forgiven. That's the atonement. Okay, and then in the verses you read, it's Christ is risen. So does someone have to believe that Jesus literally rose from the dead to be saved? Yeah. Or could the resurrection just be symbolic? Yeah. You know, Jackie, I saw an awful TV show recently of the United Church of Christ, and they're proud of saying, we don't take the Bible literally. Well, you better. I mean, of course there's metaphors and, and parables and things like that in the Bible, but overwhelmingly the Bible is literal. When it talks about Jesus walking on the water, it means that. When it says he rose from the dead, that's not symbolic. He means that. Paul says in Romans 10, if you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I wouldn't play around with that one. You need to literally believe Jesus rose from the dead, according to Paul in Romans 10, to be a Christian. Some people seem to think that the resurrection was invented by the disciples mm -hmm. just to cover up that Jesus' body was yeah. missing. Yeah. What do you say to I, that? I think there's a great answer to that. You will die for what you think is true, but isn't. But you don't die for what you know you made up. And the early apostles were martyred. The early Christians were marked. They were, I mean, Jackie, if they were going to put a knife to my throat and say, look, you, you deny the resurrection or we're going to kill you. Well, if I know I made it up, I would say, you're right, I made it up. They didn't. The apostles died for their faith in the resurrection, which means they didn't make it up. They suffered after his death, though, when they were trying to proclaim. Yeah, they right? sure did. Yep, and the early church tradition is every apostle was killed for their faith except for old John, the apostle who probably died of old age. Well, I didn't know that one. Yeah. You talked about Christ coming again. What exactly will happen at the second coming? You've talked a little bit about mm -hmm. things in that, but can you explain some of the terms we hear with the second coming, like the rapture? Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the basics that I think all Christians can agree on. Jesus comes down in the clouds. He raises the dead, he judges the world, and then it says the earth melts, and we go to the, and then the new heavens and the new earth come. That I think we can all agree on. 
there's something called the rapture, and the word rapture simply means being caught up. In 1 Thessalonians, I think it's 4, does talk about the rapture that will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And here's some Christians think we Christians get caught up to meet the Lord in the air seven years before the second coming. And we and they get to miss the persecution coming with the Antichrist. I hope they're right, but I don't see it biblically. I think Christians are on earth until the second coming. So for me, the rapture happens at the second coming, not seven years before. The people that hold the other view, I don't doubt their faith. But when I look at the verses they say teach that, I don't think they teach that. Okay. We talk about the millennium. Uh -huh. Explain that. In Roman, you know, Jackie, here's what's strange. Now, uh, I, again, some part of the Bible is symbolic. You read the book of Revelation, a lot of symbolism in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 20, when Jesus comes down, he reigns on earth for a thousand years. And then Satan kind of comes out of the pit and deceives the nations. Then there's this final war. And I'm not sure, do you take that symbolically or literally? It's hard to tell because, again, there's so much symbolism in Revelation. Some Christians take it literally. I tend to. The millennium means the thousand years. And some Christians, I tend to this believe that there will be a thousand-year reign of Christ on earth. And those, test, those prophecies about the lion laying down at the lamb, that's when all that stuff is fulfilled. But there are Christians better than me, Jackie, that believe it's symbolic. So I encourage everybody, read Revelation chapter 20. Uh, per, you know, it, some, of the some of the second coming stuff is not crystal clear. Don't you think it's hard for people to imagine living for a thousand years yeah. in this day and age, mm -hmm. and that's why a lot of people can't accept the millennium or yeah. question it? Right. Well, the, uh, the other reason people have questions about the millennium is when I read the New Testament, it sure sounds like when Jesus comes down, it's over. <laughs> yeah. But in Revelation 20, it's not quite over. There's the thousand-year reign. So it, it's... it's I, Could the thousand-year reign be going on right now? That is what uh, the uh, Calvinists used to believe. People like Jonathan Edwards, I think, they believed that the millennium was happening right now as Christ rules on earth through the church. There's another interpretation. So there's, there's so uh, Christians are all over the board, but this is not a matter central to the faith. Okay, Pastor Brock, I was going to ask you about who is the Antichrist, but we've only got like 35 okay. seconds left. <laughs> okay. And I think you should give an update about sure. what's happening in that. We've had an interesting thing happen that I'd like to talk about is that one of our stations that we're paying money for asked us to make a change. Would yeah. you like to talk about that? Well, everybody, thanks for praying. Pray for our ministry. If the Lord leads you to contribute, you go to pastorstudy.org. You can do that on our website. But one of our stations wanted us to pull our promo because we talked against uh, homosexuality and some people got angry and I said, well, we're paying for this. And it was just a quick reference to abortion, homosexuality, pornography. And they, some angry homosexual wanted it pulled, but we prayed and they said, no, it's okay. <laughs> so we want to thank you for being with us and we pray that God would grant you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Thank you.